0: everyone. Siobhan Chapman here, and welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. It's Friday morning, which means it's time for the weekend review and preview conversation, where my guests will recap how markets have performed over the past few sessions and preview what you can expect in the week ahead. Today's conversation primarily focuses on year-end performance trends and the Fed's beige book. Joining us for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back Matthew Tormey, Equity Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Matt, welcome. We're happy to have you.
1: Hey, good morning, Siobhan. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, of course. So let's get started. First, I want to begin with the recent equity market performance now that we are heading into September. The S&P 500 had posted a year-to-date gain of 19%. What factors have contributed to this performance?
1: Yes, so this year's U.S. equity market gains have been quite impressive, and we think that several factors have been driving the rally, including more resilient-than-expected economic data, falling inflation, the winding down of the Fed's rate hikes, AI-driven enthusiasm for a handful of mega-cap growth stocks, and an improvement in corporate profits. And we think it's this last factor that has been quite important recently, given that we just wrapped up the second quarter earnings season. Now, to be sure, valuation expansion has driven most of the gains this year, but investors shouldn't lose sight of the fact that profit dynamics have also been supportive. So if we look at the next 12 months S&P 500 earnings per share estimate, it staged a notable rebound since the start of the year and is now back at all-time highs. And if we dig a bit deeper into the details, somewhat surprisingly, the profit improvement has been fairly broad-based. So if we go back to July of last year, when the earnings per share estimate previously had peaked, since then, profit expectations for the median company are up by about 5.5%, with expectations at or above all-time highs in every sector except for energy, healthcare and materials. So these improved profit estimates are consistent with our view that the earnings recession is over, and a softish landing is looking like the most likely outcome for the economy. Now, to summarize our outlook for S&P 500 earnings, our 2023 estimate is $220 per share, which assumes no growth on a year-over-year basis, but is essentially in line with the bottom-up consensus estimate. And our 2024 S&P 500 earnings per share estimate is $240 and assumes high single-digit growth. But this is a bit lower than consensus, which is currently calling for $248 per share.
0: The big question is, can this performance continue? What are your thoughts there?
1: So, through the rest of the year, uh, we do expect equity markets to be largely range-bound, as the U.S. The U.S. economy does slow a bit. We have student loan repayments restarting. Excess household cash is dwindling, and this could run out by around the end of the year. And the labor market's also cooling. And on investor sentiment, according to the American Association of Individual Investors, which is a survey that we do keep an eye on, the percentage of investors who are bullish has picked up quite a bit since the year-to-date low back in March when we had the regional bank crisis. So, this could limit some of the upside in the near term, although sentiments specifically around AI could also be a key upside or downside driver in the months ahead. Now, looking a bit further out, stocks could climb a bit higher in 2024 as earnings growth improves and the market begins to anticipate eventual Fed rate cuts if inflation continues to trend towards the Fed's target. So... In our base case scenario, we're expecting the S and P 500 to end the year around 4,500 and to trade higher to around 4,700 by June of next year.
0: So, with that outlook that you mentioned, can you share with our listeners how is CIO recommending investors be positioned at this moment within equities?
1: Right. So that's a good question. So within equities, across sectors, we did make a couple changes last month, but still do maintain a more balanced positioning rather than having a cyclical or defensive tilt. So currently, we have most preferred views on consumer staples, energy, and industrial. So touching on consumer staples first. Among the defensive sectors, this is the one that we do prefer. As it does trade at a discount to the market, it should provide investors with fruit of protection in the event of a hard landing, and the sector's recent underperformance is already pricing in a material rebound in the ISM Manufacturing Index, which is still in contractionary territory. On energy, although oil prices have rebounded in recent months, we think that there could be further to go, as OPEC plus supply cuts, increases in the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and better global economic growth have led to oil inventory declines. And on industrials, the sector's exposure to a few secular growth drivers is, in our view, attractive as defense companies should benefit from higher defense budgets in the years ahead. The infrastructure law should support non-residential construction and investment in both fossil fuels and renewable energy supplies and reshoring and onshoring trends should provide further support for the sector. But on the flip side, We do have least preferred views on the information technology, real estate, and utility sectors. So uh, touching on tech first, relative valuations still appear very stretched. And in the event of a softish landing, which is more in line with our view, investors will likely look for more compelling opportunities within the cyclical complex that have lagged so far this year. On real estate, higher rates and poor sentiment may continue to weigh on the sector, and it's likely that gross and funds from operations will lag S&P 500 profit growth next year. And on utilities, we think that increased regulatory risk and the resilient economic data that has been coming in recently will continue to weigh on the sector. And just to wrap up on our positioning, we do remain neutral across five segments and have a relative preference for value stocks over gross stocks.
0: So, Matt, I want to change gears just a little bit. You've definitely updated our listeners on so much, but I want to turn to the macro calendar. On Wednesday, we received the Fed's Beige Book, which is always an interesting read. What can you share with us?
1: So, we did receive the Beige Book on Wednesday, and there were several notable takeaways for us here in CIO. First, and most importantly, we think that this edition of the Beige Book further supports our view that there is little need for further rate hikes. Second, Business contacts from most districts indicated that economic growth was modest during July and August. So some of the insights that were provided on consumer spending included stronger than expected spending on tourism, but other retail spending, such as on non-essential items, did continue to slow. Uh, There was also some commentary that consumers may have exhausted their savings and are starting to rely more on borrowing. And auto sales did pick up recently, but this was likely driven by better availability of inventory rather than increased demand. Third, job growth was subdued across the nation, which is consistent with the cooling trend that we saw in last Friday's jobs report. And although hiring slowed, most districts did indicate that imbalances persisted in the labor market. On wage growth, nearly all districts indicated that businesses renewed their previously unfulfilled expectations, that it would slow broadly in the near term. A fourth and a final takeaway, most districts did report that price growth slowed overall, decelerating faster in manufacturing and consumer goods sectors, and profit margins reportedly fell in several districts as input price growth slowed less than selling prices, as businesses struggle to pass along cost pressures. So to summarize, in our view, modest economic growth subdued job growth, and slowing wage and price growth all reinforce our view that the Fed is done raising rates. But with the next FOMC meeting less than two weeks away, it's probably too soon to actually declare an end to the cycle, as we expect the Fed's updated dot plot to show a substantial amount of FOMC members calling for another hike by year end.
0: So turning to next week, what will be taking place that investors should be mindful of?
1: It's a little bit quieter on the economic data front, but there are still a few important prints investors should be keeping an eye on. Uh, Nothing to specifically highlight on Monday, but if we turn to Tuesday, the August NFIB small business optimism index will be released, which does Mm -hmm. give us some great insights on trends taking place across small businesses. Uh, On Wednesday, we'll receive CPI inflation data for August with both the headline and core month-over-month readings expected to see an uptick according to consensus estimates with the headline reading to be boosted by higher gasoline prices Uh, On Thursday, another major inflation print will be published. So for PPI inflation, consensus is expecting the core month-over-month reading to see a slight downtick, while the headline reading is expected to see a bit of an uptick. Uh, We'll also get retail sales for August following a pretty strong print in July relative to expectations. So while consensus is calling for a slowdown, let's see if the reading can remain in positive territory. And finally, we'll receive the weekly initial and continuing jobless claims numbers, which continue to remain near benign levels. And in fact, yesterday's numbers showed initial jobless claims fell to their lowest level since February. And moving on to Friday, a couple of manufacturing-related prints starting with the release of the September Empire State Manufacturing Index, uh, later that morning, August industrial and manufacturing production data will hit the tape, and we'll also get the preliminary September release for the Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, which will provide us with some additional insights on longer-term inflation expectations. And wrapping up the week on the earnings calendar, just a few S&P 500 companies are set to report, including two tech companies and a home builder, but uh, they will certainly be important to keep an eye on.
0: Thank you so much for updating us on such a busy week.
1: Thanks, Siobhan. Have a great weekend.
0: Again, today we have been joined by Matthew Tormey, Equity Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. And as a reminder to our listeners, Top of the Morning is a part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering as well as UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Siobhan Chapman, and thank you for joining us.